their legs and their body. And with the other two, they flip. And they bow before your throne and say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of your glory. At the sound of their voice, the threshold shakes. So, Lord, today, as I lay hands upon this choir, may the glory of your presence descend upon them. The unction that you gave to these cherubs that are the sound of their voice, threshold will shake. Let it come upon these ones. As I lay my hands upon you from this time henceforth, at the sound of your voice, the treasure shall shake. Your singing will bring the heart of men to bow before the Holy One. Father, when these people shall open their mouth to sing, flesh shall be destroyed. Spirit of God shall be exalted. Lord, their voices will bring the sinners to repentance. As those Cherubs sing, smoke come out of the throne, which is a response of you, Heavenly Father. At the singing of this choir, Lord, smoke shall come out of your throne. It shall fill the temple where they are singing. Anywhere they step their feet to sing, it shall be for them. Protect this one from falling away. Protect this one from deception of hell. Protect this one from all the onslaught of hell for the end time. Anoint their vocal cords as you anointed the vocal cords of angels. That angels sing by your grace. That these ones will begin to sing by your grace. And the flame of heaven rests upon them. In Jesus' anointed name I pray. Lord, anointed daughter, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. That the grace that you have promised rest upon her. Lord, I speak in the name of the Lord Most High. There are promises you have made for these people. And prophecies that you have spoken. Anoint your son in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I ask, Lord, that the grace that you have promised be more manifest upon him. From this very hour, may the grace of heaven rest upon you. May you manifest according to the prophetic that was spoken. Anoint your daughter in the name of Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. God will instruct his messengers to anoint his people. Sometimes he instructs them to take some actions with his people so that they could be empowered for the transition. Today is the last Saturday in the month of August. The Lord spoke some warning to me that I tell you. Every one of you should know this, that the last shaking that the world is about to enter into, many believers will fall away. Or let me say some believers will fall away from faith. Now, that's number one. Number two. The Lord told me to tell you, and I'm so happy that not only CFT members are here, members of our sister churches are here from the PVN. In this season that we are, from this season to the end of season, God will not call anybody to start any new move. 
any church you are today, if you leave that place and you think God is calling you, you are starting something different, Satan will suck you in. I guarantee you. <laughs> what you will see is that where you left, we move in fire and power. You will dry up like a tree that is planted in a desert. This is what heaven is telling me, and this is for the whole church globally. Because this season we are in God's prophetic calendar is the season of ingathering. The Feast of Tabernacle will happen next month, in a few days' time. And it has been, it has happened many years ago. Every Feast of Tabernacle that meets us on earth should be addressed as the last feast. Alright? And then, you will miss God. Ambition should die. So that God only prevail. People who have gone out, set up churches and deceive God's people, I saw them die one after the other, physically. Death, I mean. They just, boom, they're gone. The people under them scattered. I saw some people, you know, got into some traps, and before you know it, the scandal was so terrible, it seemed as if the government rose against them. No, it's a tool to bring those institutions down. Anyone who set up what God did not call him will be wiped off in this season. Because God cannot allow his children to be deceived any longer by deceivers. Because this is a season that God is going to breathe upon. October, the Lord will visit his church. Guaranteed. He will visit his, the people on earth. September, I told you, there will be a convocation. Convocation will come. That is United Nations and all the rest of them, nations of government. It will come because there are things that will happen they can't handle anymore. Are you with me now? So that will call for convocation. But what has happened already is enough for it. In the whole world. Okay? But for the church, God will break and take away men who stand between them. Who stand between men and God. That's the reason why none of you should think that God is calling you. If you say God is calling you, you must see Jesus face to face. If Jesus did not appear to you, if anybody tell you prophecy that God is calling you to do this, tell them you are a devil. I'm telling you divine truth. Anybody that he did not appear to, who run without a message, he will, he will publicly disgrace them. He told me. And I saw some of them who ran like that. They became isolated. Like according to the book of Jeremiah 5.17, they become like Tom Bush. Whereas God has established you in wherever he puts you now, so that when the move begins, you will be a pillar. Okay? Each one of you here will be used by God. Okay? But you have to be established where God has placed you. That's why God does not give, uh, you know, some special gift of sight encounters to everybody. Because some people, if they see Jesus one time, they won't let us rest. Are you with me now? So the people that God gave it to are people that he has created them, that with it, whatever encounter they have, they are still sensible human beings. They will not have one encounter and treat others like, um, like uh, you know, um, 
you know, non-human beings. Okay? And it gets into their head and they become a demigod. I would mean now. Now, I want to warn you also. The Lord told me to tell you this while I was praying with you. Blessed is the man who walks not someone, please, in the counsel of the wicked, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Psalm 1. Nor stand in the ways of sinners. Stop. Go to 1. Anybody who has left your companies, and I'm talking to all churches, who left your church, they formed gangs somewhere, and they derogate where they left, none of you should associate with them. Because in this season, God will be punishing them terribly that some of you will weep. Anybody who speaks against the righteous one, who speaks against the institution God has set up, or a faithful messenger of heaven, will never escape. In the past, God overlooked it, but this time it's instant judgment that will, that will terrify people. God will judge them before men as they utter all those derogations instantly. See, God, the, the time of God's judgment is such that will cause the heart of people to fear terribly. And then it is to bring people to repentance. Anybody who helps others to sin will fall in the fire line of God. Okay? But you know there are some people who moved on from your churches because maybe they moved place. But they still call other people. Why is everybody, they are happy, you know, with what God is doing with those of you at home. They come back home and they're happy and so Those ones are not the ones I'm talking about. But people that you associate with and whenever you see them, the words that come out of them, you know it. It's the word of scoffing who are wicked in their hearts, in their attitude, people who will influence you into evil. If that your blood brother or sister cut them off. I'm telling you. Anybody who is a mocker of others, don't associate with them. You know, I say this in, in, in this local church all the time. I have no allegiance to any mortal man if you are a deceiver of others. I will not have a relationship with you if I know that you are a mocker of good things. So if you cut off from me, I will not allow you to come back into me. Because if you do, you will cause me to come under the curse. God bless is the man who does not associate with them. That's what the Bible says. Now some of you may say, ah, they are part of us. They are not. Anybody who is not uh, with you is against you spiritually. Anyone that is part of you, they may be from any church, but when you meet them, what they'll be challenging you, their encounters with God, the word of God they have just had, the revelation God gave them that day, you know, how God had blessed somebody and stuff. The people who will tell you things that will cause you to holy race, they are your brothers. They're the people who will say things to you that will pollute your mind, that will incite even to you, they are your enemies. Even if it's your father. Even if it's your mother, Jesus says so. Your blood relation. If my father was on that, my father and my mother know this. They are, we were righteous people. Okay? There is no affiliation of child or father or mother or wife or husband when it comes to this. Blessed is the man who works not. And then, well, curse is the man who does work. You know, don't be a person 
that you respect man to disregard God. If you talk against my God, you can't be my friend. And if you talk against God's anointed, you can be my friend because if you talk against God's anointed, you are talking against the God of the anointed. You talk against the minister who blesses my soul, or you talk against his wife, or you talk against his children, you are my enemy forever because you will come under God's wrath. And I don't want to partake in that. So I will not associate with anyone who does not steer my heart to righteousness. I will not keep quiet when somebody is derogating God. I will be loud to shut that person down, confront that person, and rebuke him in the name of Jesus Christ. What dare you? If you don't do that, you have become an accomplice. These are little things that believers get into and Satan block good things that God has said before them. When Satan blocks it, God is handicapped because you have contravened God. Satan will show the word to God. That's what he does. And God will never not worry because God knows that according to his law he has spoken, things are to be. The Bible says we are not saved for rot. Okay? But if we associate with ungodly, we will bring ourselves under rot and God will not be able to help us. Listen to me. So anybody you know that he is in the counsel of the wicked, people who will take you tactically into error, take you tactically into sinning against God, People you will come across and they'll be joking with the name of God, you know, cracking jokes with the name of Jesus, with Holy Spirit. It is a tactical way of Satan taking you into destruction. They will start talking against your brother, your sister, and all stuff like that. People like that you should know, they are not of God, even if they claim to be ministers or Christians. So, cut off from them. You don't really need them for good things. If you associate with them, it can only end up in bad. So anybody who cannot add good value to your life, why do you make him a friend? Do you call that person a friend? No, he's a destroyer. You who have been struggling, making efforts in life that will have succeeded, a little living, spoil the dough. And all your effort will just be for nothing. Because the Lord searches the heart of man and he knows all the intention, motive. You look at that second verse, says, is the but is the light in the law of God? Delight yourself after this anointing in the law of God. And it says in his law he meditates day and night. See what God is saying is very clear. When you meditate in the morning with the word of God and you are going out, you don't want somebody who will destroy your meditation. You remember I told you that I wanted to go from meditation to cogitation. It's a deeper dimension, higher than meditation. When you meditate, you think about it. When you cogitate, what happens is that you become what you are thinking. It is in the realm of cogitation that visions are given, that revelations come, that innovations, creation come, which is the higher sense of complete dedication on the things you are saying and the things you are thinking about. People who get up to kill other people, they have gone from meditation into cogitation to do that evil. Because whatever you cogitate over will take you over completely. And God says, if you look at the book of Daniel, you will see Daniel said, in my cogitation, I, was, I fell into a trance and I saw a vision. And you need to understand these things are spiritual, they are true, applicable to all people. Either you believe or not, they are, they are applicable to you. So therefore, you want to cogitate on the word of God. So that day and night, 
When you wake up in the morning, you must have a word. When you sleep, you must have a word to sleep. When you wake up, your routine should be you kneel down and thank God first. Then you read some verses of the scripture, think about it, and move out thinking. When you go to your bed after all the uh, hours of the day, you want to come to your bed and thank God and then read the Bible. You know, it's reverse. You thank God first, read the Bible. You thank God and then read the Bible last. Are you together? You wake up in the morning, you thank God, and you read the Bible to help you the day. Okay? So that you can have something you are thinking about. A message from God. Then, in the night, you, you, you begin your night procedure by praying first, not reading. You pray first and read the Bible last. So that when you read the Bible, you go into your dream with the Bible. With a thought on the revelation of the world. Nobody who, ha- who does that can have nightmares. Impossible. Nobody who does that will have a dream and the enemy is chasing you about. It's not possible. You will stand against it. Because you have sent your spirit on a journey of cogitation. Alright? And then he says in verse 3, he's like a tree planted by the riverside. I love that scripture. Give me the King James Version. The real King James. And he shall be like a tree. The word he shall be is not saying that that person will become. No. He is likened to. That's what it means. He is like. So what that implies is that if you do this thing, this is what you will be. Okay? That is automatic. It's not that you need to do this to become. I we together now. Alright? If you do these things, then you are already in doing those things that the Bible says. That's why Satan fights with you and I never to do it. Through influences of friends that we so dearly love and then Satan gets them and we are trying to protect friendship at the expense of our spiritual peril. And many perish for that because you have not recognized and exalted the name of the Lord and defended his cause before men. Men should know that they can't talk nonsense before you because you will be allowed to shut their mouth. I can be laughing with you the moment you talk about God, the whole of my content will change wild instantly. You know that you will not mess around where I am. Even if you are talking nonsense and I appear, they will just say he has arrived. That, is, that should be you. For God... So that God knows that anywhere you are, nobody can dare nonsense. If they do it, you will shock them instantly. You want to give me business and you want to derogate my God? I will tell you that keep your business. I don't need it because you are derogating my God. You know, in your office environment, you always have issues that people don't want to talk about God, but they want to talk about nonsense. If you don't want to hear about my God, don't talk about nonsense before me too. Firm. Let them know that. If they have the right to say, I don't believe in God, you have the right to say, I don't believe in what you believe. It's not a victimization or discrimination. I believe in God, so don't say, if you don't believe in God, don't talk about that before me. I believe in God. God is alive. God is God. Jesus is his son, full stop. So, so that you are very much into what you believe. Satan will not, by tactics, take you away from what you believe. If any one of you 
is challenged about your belief in God in your office environment, tell me. We will handle it by law. That is very easy. It's the easiest aspect of law. Okay? You have the right of expression and religion. You have the right of belief. And you have the right to express it anywhere, under any government, under heaven. If anybody has the right of life, you have the right of belief. You have the right of expression. Because they always intimidate Christians about these things. They have no right to do so. It says, you will bring forth your fruit in your season, and your leaves shall not wither. Whatever you do. You see that final thing? Whatever you do, you what? Whatever you do, you what? So what Satan has tried to do for you and I is to hinder us from prospering by setting up all these stones before us. We have to be firm. Your prosperity, my prosperity, depends on our obedience. You know, we have to be very, very firm. We have to differentiate between evil and good. We must not call good evil or evil good. We must not say anything to, to, to uh, support or encourage a man of evil. Are we together? You know what I'm telling you? When I talk to you, my mind goes back to when we started in London. Myself and many ministers. And the things I'm teaching you is what I've said to all my members who are still with me. They will tell you, say, but many are falling away. Many tell stories of going God used to use them. Okay? Many have gone into fraud. But I stand. <laughs> really, my knowledge of God is increasing. My relationship with heaven is increasing. And in this time we are entering into, you will be shocked. Because the Lord told me that. He said, I will put a distinction between my people on earth. And you must be distinct by God. Are you with me now? That's why I'm telling you these things. If I do not associate with all the fraudulent ministers and do what others do, you know, we just did Holy Ghost Convention. Did I take offering from any one of you? Have I asked for offering for apostles? Or my pastors come and say that this man has been blessing us all this. Let us now bless him. Have you heard that from them? I could do that. And you will think it's true. And I'll make the money from you. That's what they do. But the paymaster general is coming in the month of October 2015. The one who judges the intention of the heart of men, all men. Who will distinguish between the shaft and the wheat. He told me. He's coming. So listen to me. You can, gain, you can be blessed by God with everything. But you can, you can release all those things again. You know that God can give you a big house, He can give you a big car, he can give, and He can take everything back. Many Christians don't know that God can take those things back. Because He said, What does it profit me and you to gain the world and lose our soul? So if God blesses us and we discover that now the blessings get to our head, what does He do? He takes those blessings away straight away. It's not Satan, it's God. Are you with me now? He loves us more than the money, and the wealth is given us. Our soul is more important to him. So, but then, if God did that to us, and then we come back and seek him, he will restore back everything. I love God. Then he will double the restoration. Amen forevermore. He will double the restoration. That's how you know that it's not the devil. It's God himself. Because God wants to call the attention of his child. He will use everything to do it. Some people will afflict them. I'm going to teach you in, in, um, in, uh, in the month of September. You'll be shocked. I will teach you, show you some things in the Bible. That's why you must know spiritual order and stick to it. So that you will not be a victim. Okay? For a Christian to die is not a sorrow to God. 
No, it is just good for God to kill a Christian. It's good. You know something? Because if God says that you are going away and you are almost missing the heaven that he's given to you, he should afflict that person with sickness, humble that person, somebody who is very proud and puff, 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 and there's no one like me. How can God bring him to the place that you are a flesh? He touched his flesh and gave him sickness. That people will pray, God will not answer. They will take him to hospital, God will not answer. God will do that. To help you understand that it is me and you, not you. All what you are today, I made it. Not you. You have no business in this stuff. When you begin to now rob God's anointing and stuff, he can touch your body. When he touches your body, if you don't repent, he will kill you. So that you won't miss heaven. It's a better way to kill a man. So that the man doesn't go to hell. I pray to God, if I will deny you tomorrow, kill me tonight. It's better for me to die straight away. People may be crying, but I'll be saying, Lord, I thank you that uh, if you have left me for tomorrow, I will have gone forever. Thank you for killing me. Please, all others who remain, please kill them, kill them, kill them, kill them, Lord, so that we can be many in heaven. I'll be praying that to the Father. Now, what is he doing? Look, that one was almost going away. Take him out. Oh, yes. It is a better way, but we can live long by obeying. Adam, after his fall, obeyed. Now ran something years. Methuselah, now ran something years. Noah, the same thing. Everyone, Moses, you know, when we obey God, we live long. Because why would God not leave us to live long? The reason why he should leave us to live long is because you are a good influence to many. And God needs people like that to remain as long as he could so that they can bring in many to him. In their old age, there will be wealth of wisdom of God transforming lives of many. People like that, does not, God does not have to take them quick. So you want to live long life, that is the medicine. Doesn't mean that sometimes God may not cut us short. He can for any whatever reason. But it's better for us to just obey. Finally, the anointing you receive today, what is it and why? Look at 1 Samuel chapter 1, chapter 13, no, sorry, chapter 10 from verse 1. 1 I'll read that to you and then we'll stop. 1 Samuel, please, 10. Then Samuel took the flask of oil and poured it upon who? Saul. I pour the oil upon you today. Alfred took the flask of oil and he poured it upon the people. Now he says, he kissed his head, saying, Has not the Lord anointed you leader over his inheritance? Let me help you understand this. There is no one today that anointed because oil is just to pour on your head. No. For any minister to anoint God's people is because God has anointed them. I would mean that. When God has anointed the people, that's why you look at this is not the whole church of safety. But why is it that these are the people who are here? They are the ones that He has anointed. At the last minute, somebody who is supposed to be here to be anointed will rush in and run to the altar. When there's anointing service going on and you are late, run straight to the altar. Don't sit down. There's going to be guilty of. Are you with me now? When the anointing service is going on, if you come in at all, if they didn't instruct that the door should be shut, 
Because sometimes the Lord would say, shut the door. And nobody comes in after that time. Alright? If the Lord did not say, shut the door, and you come in, you come straight and stand in the altar. Really, instead of you sit down and feel guilty, you go to the altar, kneel down, beg God, have mercy on me. And you'll be anointed. Because anointing service is a sacred thing. It is a physical manifestation of what the sacred God already had done. He said there, Samuel anointed Saul because God has anointed him as what? A leader. Second thing you learn from there is that every anointing has a purpose. I would mean now. So the anointing for tonight, his purpose is the manifestation of the grace of the Holy Spirit. That's the purpose. We have done six days teaching. Now, say anoint them so that they can manifest. So, understand God's principle. Nobody anoints you unless God has anointed you. If you go for prayer sometimes, a minister will pray for you. But sometimes you say, oh, where is yours? No, let me anoint you. Because God has anointed you and God needs a human being to do it. So that what God has done in the spirit will be physically manifest for a purpose. Not every service will anoint people. Now it says the next verse. No. Okay, two. When you leave me today, you will meet two men near Rachel's tomb at Zilza on the border of Benjamin. They will say to you, the donkey you set out to look for have been found. And now your father has stopped thinking about you, about them, and is worried about you. He is asking, what shall I do? By the anointing you received tonight, whatever has been lost in your life has been found. Whenever you receive anointing, always have understanding. Whatever was lost in your life, by whatever means, by the anointing of God, they will be found. The next verse 3, it says, then you will go on from there until you reach the great tree of Tabor. Three men going up to God at Bethel will meet you. Understand these three men were going to God at Bethel. They will meet you there. One will be carrying three young goats, another three loaves of bread, and another a skin of wine. They are taking this one to God. Three men of God, representing the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they were taking this substance that they have in their hand, which belongs to God, to God. And then they met him. What happened? They will greet you and offer you two loaves out of three, which you will accept from them. What that means is that after this anointing, any man of God that you meet, who is a man of God. I'm not talking about people titled. I mean people called by God. Who have the grace. When God calls a man, he puts grace in him. Any man of God you meet in this season, their grace will work for you. Amen. They will be drawn towards you without you asking them. You may not even know them. You may not be surprised if you're in the, in the train station and a man walks to you and says, I just feel like blessing you. He's a man of God. Ask him. You must, tell him you must be a man of God. And he said, because this is what the apostle told us in the meeting. I've just been anointed. And by the anointing, grace of God, a man of God, must work for me. And what he pronounced over you will come to pass. Do you understand now? 
And this is what this is symbolized. They gave, they gave out of three loaves, they gave him two. And said, you must accept it from their hand. People will begin to bless you who are God's people. The next verse says, after that, you will go to Gilbeah of God. You know, let's go to that verse 3 again. Let me show you something. The things that they were carrying. They were carrying loaves of bread and a skin of wine. Okay? And they were carrying young goats. But among the, the old three, the loaves of bread was three. And they gave him two loaves of bread. You know what loaf of bread means? The word of God. It is the word of God. Either remember or written. Okay? Of course, the wine symbolizes the Holy Spirit. So it says, the next verse 5. After that, you will go to Gibeah of God. That's the same thing they are going. Where there is a Philistine outpost, as you approach the town, you will meet a procession of prophets coming down from the high place with lyre, tambourine, flutes, and harps being played before them. And they will what? Be prophesying. Alright? The giver of God is like a company of God's saints or ministers of God. Look at what happened there. It says, and the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you in power. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon you in power. By this anointing, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you in power. Those of you who have disappointed God before, just put it behind you. Don't go back to it. Okay? I was going to tell you, God spoke to me to tell you, you parents, the Lord said, tell them to be careful of how they dress their children, especially sons. Don't cut all this useless hair for your children. You will invoke demons upon them. Don't perforate the ears of your sons and put the stuff in it or, you know, make your son look like this. Um, these people, they call stars on television. They are all cult members. Don't you know? When you see them bring a style of dressing, that's how the demons tell them to do. They are, most, most of them are confessing now that they are part of Illuminati or part of this cult and stuff like that. And the Lord says, be careful with how you do your children. You know, I don't understand. You people in the world, the people in the world, they follow all these stars as their role model, isn't it? They call them, uh, what do you call them? Idol. Okay? When they call somebody an idol, don't you know that it's a graven image? When they call somebody an idol, idol is used for institutions set up by Satan. Satan tactically introduces it to the words of men. But you see, believing in such, either ignorantly or, or, or consciously, is also, is, it ties the same sentence. Thou shalt not have any idol before me. I am God. Either graven or physical. A Christian must not use the word idol for anything. Because idol is like using, this is my Satan. Or this is my demon. You don't think you say that and get away with it. It becomes a gate, an entrance into your life. If these people are looking at those people as their idol, why can't you look at your minister as a role model? Paul said, follow me. He didn't say follow them. Follow me as I follow Christ. Look at me. I look okay. Am I not okay? I look at myself well now. My hair is okay. I cut my hair according to my head. My trouser is not shufi. My trouser is just normal to my body. I didn't put on some tight something that I'm, I don't have comfort. 
and then I'm having problem bending down to pick something. All those kind of stuff. Hey, look at me and follow me. At least I know where I'm going. And if you have known where I'm going, I've told you, I wrote a book about it. If you are not sure, go and read my book. If I follow this man, at least I will end up where he is going. Hallelujah, somebody. So, therefore, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you in power. And you will what? Prophesy. Did you see that? So, we are talking about prophetic, isn't it, yesterday, tonight. And the reason for anointing, that you will prophesy. It was by the anointing that Saul prophesied. He was an ordinary man. He said, you prophesy. The last thing in this. And say you will be changed to a different person. Okay? This anointing should change you forever. Amen. Don't go back to sin, I beg you. There will be shaking that will not spare anyone who goes in sin. Who knows whether it's just a few hours to it. The earth will give way. The axle of the world will shift. I want to talk to you more in, in, in September. I don't want to talk much about that today. We are still in the old month. But I warn you, what you need to know now is that if you serve God, serve Him. What do you have to do with nonsense? Sin is poison. Okay? What? Whatever your hand finds to do, just do it. For what? <laughs> Does that look like Acts chapter 10 verse 38? Good. <laughs> Whatever your hand finds. <laughs> because when God is with you, you won't put your hand on something that is ungodly. That's what I'm telling you. Stay away from those things. So that what, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, all the things around you are good. You, whatever your hand finds, anything you, turn, you touch will turn to gold. Oh, it is I can't. I'm looking for a job. I'm looking for this. Forget about it. When the presence of God is with you, the things you are looking for, your eyes will just open. They are with you. All this time you are looking for it, they have not been taken away from you. Only you didn't see it. You cannot struggle to get things done when the presence of God comes upon you. So God will change your heart. Okay. Finally, the next one, please. Go to the next one. As Saul turned to leave somewhere, God changed what? God did what? God did what? God did what? God did what? Why? All these signs were fulfilled that day. For what I'm telling you to happen to you, you want to have a change of heart. By this anointing, God will change your heart. <laughs> I think I will change your heart. I love the Lord so much. Excuse me. Should a Christian subject himself to spiritual agony by this my brother, this my sister, and I begin to speak illegal about them, what happens when I see them? You answer me. I've been speaking evil about them. Okay, now I see them. Or oh, I was in a place where they were running them down, saying all manners of evil about it. And I said, mm, forget it, it's just for now. Don't worry. To the person saying those things. So, approving of that person, that what he's saying about them is true. 
Then I see them. Will I be able to say, ah, brother, how are you? Will the spirit inside me not tell me? That you see yourself. Will my soul not be tortured? But if I'm a person who has defended their cause and I see them, will, me, will I not be happy? And Lord, this is my brother. I thank you for giving me the privilege to defend his cause. I don't need to tell them because the one who lives in us sees it. Even is it the Holy Spirit that will bring it to my mind that look at your brother, look at his. I've defended their cause. It is possible for them not to know those people who spoke against them and they are still praising those people. You know that's what always happens. Okay? They are still thinking those people are okay. I will not say that those people are evil. No. I have rebuked them. Really, I will warn them. If you say it again, I will tell that person what you have just said. And I will leave another opportunity to don't be caught in anything that on the day of God's visitation you feel guilty. It's so simple as that. Be happy all the time. Do things that are godly. You'll be always happy. Do things that are spiritually right. And you'll always have some mind. You have nothing to worry about. You don't have your heart beating. And then Dr. Adigini will have a work to do. When you get to the hospital, they, carry, they, they press your hand. They can't find anything. They use that thing to wrap your hand and press it. Poo, 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 poo. It, it swell up and it just, you know what that means. And they look at it and say, ah, the BP is very high. Uh, what do we do for him? They carry injection. Poo, they give you. It didn't work. They carry tablets, several, seven, ten tablets. Um, it didn't work. What shall we do to him? That would not be your case. Give your heart peace. This world is short time we live in it. I won't let anyone destroy my world or give me sorrow when I should be happy. I should be happy all the time. This is my message for you. But let me say this to you. As I've told you not to, to be very careful about the traps of Satan, I will say this and I will teach you a lot about this. You see, I mentioned it when I was talking to you in the week. Bestow honor to one another. And I was teaching you about the Holy Spirit and your mindset. And I told you, bestow honor to one another. People who are ordained as leaders in this church or in all the churches you came from, respect them in their office. Are you with me now? If you disrespect anybody anointed, you disrespect the anointing over the person, and who is the anointing? It is God. You can't escape punishment. Which is not warranted. It's not, it's not necessary. Do you understand me? How many of you doctors here, you know, after I become doctor, your father said to you that, well, you can be doctor in the hospital here, you are Francis. Is anybody here that your father said that to you? When you're a medical doctor, your father calls you what? Come on, answer me. If your daughter is the judge, do you go to the court and they say courts when it's coming in and you say, forget it, it's my daughter, and you sit down? Answer me. So when I put oil on the head of your son, from that day is your father. Okay? 
if you are rude to that boy, you will suffer seriously. Because he carries God on him. Those of you who African know it. When they ordain a young boy as a king, the parents will not come before him. If they were in the correlation, the father of that boy will prostrate to that boy. Because he's not a king. Listen to me. So if your son or your daughter becomes a judge and they brought your case to that person, when that child talks to you, you say, yes, my Lord, is one you give back to. If you don't say that, they will, they will deal with you in court. It's no more your son when he's in the office. When he gets home, you can be drinking Gary together or be playing around games. But when that guy carries the office, you bow before that guy because you bow before the authority. For someone to call an ordained minister, you come, come, come. That person is stupid. Who said that? Totally stupid. That minister, if you do that to a minister, that minister should tell you, may God forgive you. If you utter a word against you, it will happen straight away. Is it not before us you grew? So, unfortunately for you, it grew before you and you are not smart enough and it's now your head. Is that not shame on that person? When God saw you before them and God appointed those people to be your leader, you think God is crazy? You do that. You come under the fire line of God. And when anybody is rude to any anointed in your church, don't support them. Rebuke that person so that you will not share in their punishments. Are you with me now? You know why I'm telling you this? The Bible says, God wants kings concerning them, saying, Touch not God's anointed, and do God's prophet no harm. Because if you touch God's anointed, you touch the God. You do harm to minister of God, God will harm you. You know, it would be very strange, like I give you an example of my brother there now. If you disrespect a minister, or you spite the minister, and you come before God and say, Father, please, I'm begging you. Begging God for what? The one he has signed over you, you disrespected his office. How can you think that God will answer you? You know, Satan always wants to, when some of us fall because of pride or because of stuff, Satan wants to use that person to follow that people. By trying to, you know, get you and I to partake in that falling. Huh? If anybody misbehave, rebuke them sharp and tell the person, don't take me to hell. See, all the ministers in prophetic voice or in this church, once a person is ordained as a pastor or a prophet or an apostle or a teacher, you better bow your head before them. Because God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. And if you don't, where you are ordained, do you demand respect? You don't know what lies before you. We must not allow Satan to rob us into what is not. If a wife is ordained, the husband must address that wife. As in the ordination name. You don't call people who are ordained by their name. You know, I was telling the choir today that every one of you, you are equal. 
You know, Pastor Debbie is in the choir. The son is in the choir. I said, where you coming to the choir? Pastor Debbie will never say that he's my son. Especially if I assign that son to be a leader of the choir. Whatever he says, the mother will do. Because at that time, he's wearing the cap of a leader. I would mean now. Pastor Debbie's mother is here in this church. When I ordained Pastor Debbie pastor, her mother cannot call her Debbie anymore. The one who spilled blood over her. She has to be calling her pastor. They came from home to church and she called her Debbie, my, my daughter. When I brought her to the altar and anointed her and I took her hand, I said, Pastor Debbie, from that day, the mother ceases calling her Debbie. Call her Pastor. Okay? Because it's different. The one that left home with her is not the one going home. Are we together now? Touch not God's anointed. The church of God is not the place somebody comes to be rude to other people. Don't follow them to do that. It will rob you. And if you look at your, your church, I'm the bishop of all these pastors of PVM. Okay? And I'm the father of Christ with Tabernacle. Have you heard apostles say that, you, 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 come here, come here, come here, come here. Have you heard it before? You think I'm stupid? Am I not older than a good number of people? Or have you heard me call somebody, James, come here. Even those children, one of the children one day, drag his father to me. I want to report my daddy, apostle. I said, tell me, what is it? He said, he's calling me. He mentioned his name, whether he's Samuel. He said, he said I told him, I'm an apostle. Call me apostle. And why are you calling me Samuel? And the father said, I'm in trouble. I said, you are in trouble. Call this man his name. His title. He said, okay. He said, apologize to him.